The biggest problem with political jokes is that they often get elected. Hi, hope you're well. This is PD at the Art of Self-Development. This podcast is for everyone who's interested in psychology and who wants to develop the most useful people and life skills for yourself and for the people around you. Politics can be defined as the art of finding problems where there are none and then pretending to deal with them without people noticing the real problems. This is kind of a lightweight idea of politics. Fortunately, it's not entirely true, but there's a lot to it that it is good to be aware of as we make our decisions as people. When we decide who to vote for, what political party to support, because these will make the legislation that will then influence us in our daily lives. And this is where we need to be smart and informed. Because the politicians we vote for, they will do what they promise. So what we need to do is make sure they promise us the right things by showing them, by educating them, if you will, in what's necessary to do. Otherwise, the old adage will be true, which says that the best argument against democracy is a five-minute conversation with the average voter. When politicians make bad decisions, I believe it is ultimately on us. Because we didn't make it clear to them what we want them to do. Politicians, after all, are public servants. They are here to serve the populace. And they will do it one way or another. So there's a lot of negative connotations that go along with politics. We think of politics as dirty, as unclean. We think of all the mudslinging that candidates do to one another. Often to remind ourselves that we want nothing to do with politics. At the same time, we do find politics fascinating in more than one way. It's kind of like a gladiator battle in an arena, watching two politicians fight. Because in one way or another, they are our champions, for good and for bad. And each one of them typically has their bag of tricks that they use on us and on each other. Some of them are fair, some of them are good, many of them are not. They use things to sway our opinions, things like the bandwagon effect. They may want to make you feel like many people are going to do what they want you to do, so that there's peer pressure. As people do talk about politics, you want to be able to say that you did the right thing. Or even be shamed for not doing the quote-unquote right thing. Peer pressure, by the way, 
is one of the most powerful means of making people do something. And this works with politicians just as well as with everybody else. As does shaming. You know, shaming is not something that most people would feel like doing, and certainly not something you would feel like going through. But it is effective, even for world leaders. If you have a dictator, and you publicly shame them for inhumane treatment of their people, and you do it together with other world leaders, you make it clear what the moral standard is, it will work much more than trying to be the strong man yourself. So, shaming is not nice, but it does have its place. Some politicians who are well-educated and have good advisors, they will use things like association. And this can be used in many other ways, where somebody is in a position when it's useful to influence you in some way. You can think of many shops, for example, where you can hear subtle music, or you can smell interesting scents in the air. It is one of the senses that we are less aware of, but that affects us a lot. This can be used in politics. For example, if there is a ballot or something controversial has to be decided, such as LGBTQ questions for more acceptance. If you make the room where the decision is made, if you make the room smell bad just a little bit, it will influence the result. People will more likely vote against the change. Or, if you use disinfectant on your hands, and during a political discussion, you will subtly make the other people a little bit more conservative in the decisions that they make. Choice of words itself is important. Whatever way a question is formed will influence the answer, will ask for the answer. Also, identification with good or bad things. For example, essentially the same question when you want to get people to vote of say, is it important to be a voter versus is it important to vote will make a difference. Because when we use a noun as in a voter, which will make the listener associate with an identity and a positive one, they will more likely act on it than if it's only a verb. Anything that will build people's positive self-image will be more effective than something that is random or that feels random. So emotions are very important in people making decisions and particularly negative ones. And you can build whole parties based on negativity or positivity. We can think of Democrats and the Republicans. And this will be a very loose idea, because many Democrats are negative and many Republicans are positive. But at the same time, there is a difference in how they view things. 
Some parties may be more open, more willing to change things, and they will be struck down by the opposing party using fear, creating fear in the voters of the things the other party proposes. It's a very efficient strategy that the Republicans in the US are very good at. Politicians don't need to have a well-thought-out program if they're good at attacking other people's perceived weaknesses. This is not how politics should be made, but it is, every day. Negative bias. Our tendency to focus on the negative, on the possibly dangerous, is what motivates people more than positive change. So oftentimes politicians will cherry-pick, they will choose things that might inspire fear in people if presented in the quote-unquote right way, and they will cherry-pick facts. They can cherry-pick scientific truths carefully to make other politicians' programs unappealing. And even accepted scientific truths can be pushed away from public awareness. We can think of climate change. It is becoming more and more difficult to pretend that it's not happening or that we shouldn't do something with it. But still some politicians will try to do that. They will cherry-pick whatever they can to make it look like it's not happening. Or if they can't do that, they might as well say, we don't have enough data, we need to know more. So they can stall for years or decades. In political battles, there are specific tools, specific weapons they might use. Things like flip accusation. Sometimes when a politician is accused of doing something bad, they will turn it around on their accuser, just saying you're doing the same thing. The interesting thing is, if they do it strongly enough, if they do it with enough perceived power, with enough conviction, they can win an argument whether or not what they're saying is true. Because we as people, we look up, mostly unconsciously, to the leader who appears to be the strongest. And whether or not they are right is a different matter. So that you can have a politician whose whole career is based on lying, on bluffing, and on attacking other people, and on doubling down whenever somebody tries to oppose them, and it will work. We know that now. Repetition is a very useful tool. This was often used since the time of the Second World War. Repetition of something, no matter how untrue or how ridiculous it is, will become more true to people just because it's familiar. When you hear something a hundred times, you're familiar with it to the extent of believing it more than something you haven't heard. So, if you hear witch hunt ten times a day, for days, weeks or months, it will become part of your life. And, even if you know it's not true, in a sense, the idea becomes yours. 
So trying to appear strong is one of the heavier calibers that can work when everything else fails. Trying to be the stronger one or the more righteous one can beat a rational argument. As will all kinds of ways of avoiding questions, of rephrasing questions, ignoring questions or deflecting them. For example, some politicians when being given a question, what they will do is they won't listen for the question itself and they will never try to answer it. But what they do is they cherry pick the words that they want to talk about. They rephrase the question into another question that uses some of the same words and then answer that. And this is particularly frustrating to a journalist because they never get the answer to their questions, even though the other person uses some of the same words, which can make it look like they're actually answering the question. Because many people will forget what the actual question was. In the same way, a politician might answer a question with another question that will be longer and will be asked with more force, which will make the audience forget what the original question was. Again, more force, more emotion means more attention. So these are just some of the major tools that politicians use that have an effect based on psychological principles that work for all of us or sometimes against us. And it's particularly useful to be aware of these because ultimately we are making the decisions of where our countries will go. It's not the politicians. They just do what they think we want or what they think they might get away with. But ultimately it is our job to steer them. And an important part of the process is to be aware of what's going on, what they're trying to do, what they're achieving, how we can read politicians better, and how we can make it clear that some things are not acceptable or need to be changed. When the public is educated enough, that's the only time when positive change can happen. When we can become more in power and more responsible as people, as countrymen, as the citizens of the world. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Art of Self-Development. Remember that learning is a change of behavior. You can adjust your thoughts and your environment to better suit your goals. And it works best if you do it for other people's benefit. You can support this podcast by writing me a comment or suggestion at pdartofsd at gmail.com or just by telling your friends. Whatever you do today, leave the world a little better than you found it.